What is going on, people? Welcome to another episode of Daniel's Den. I'm your host, Daniel Pasley. So we're just going to highlight a matchup between two uh, young megastars in a way. You know, Luka Doncic, uh, Zion Williamson, two Jordan guys. uh, Two guys that, you know, we could see as generational players, depending on how things play out. Pretty uh, early in their careers, but they've been shattering some records, you know, uh, eclipsing some people. You know, it's still a ways to go, but... You know, if it lives up to what we saw, we're in for a good treat for the next 10, 15 years, depending on how things play out. But moving on from that, you know, looking at the team perspective, obviously we saw the emergence of, we've seen the emergence of guys like Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, two guys have had great years. Drew Holiday as well has been a solid, a lot of people call him underrated. And of course, a glue guy like Derek Favors uh, for New Orleans. And then moving on to Dallas, a young guy that I feel has been forgotten in terms of the potential he's had. You know, Przingis has been off for a year and a bit. Has been a little up and down early, but at the same time, you know, he's been balling of late. And obviously looking at guys like Seth Curry, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, DeLon Wright. You know, this is, this is a game that features some good matchups. So let's dive into what made it so special. Yeah, so moving on to the game. Obviously going into this game. A lot of people kind of looked at it as, oh, it's Zion versus Luka. But for those of us that actually watch these teams play and and have watched them play, you know, these are two teams that feature two of the best offenses in the league. You know, um, Dallas came in about third in points per game. And um, looking at the flip side of things, the Pelicans do, they play at one of the fastest paces in the league. They have a point guard in Lonzo Ball that, he thrives in that system and obviously having guys, a guy like Zion on, you know, running down the wing, running to the front of the rim, obviously opens up things for the team. And, um, you know, outside of that, you know, th- this was a really good game. Um, I definitely say I, I kind of expected it to be that way. Um, obviously, a part of me was looking at, you know, the two uh, featured guys in this uh, matchup in terms of Luca and um, Zion Williamson. But at the same time, you know, I've been seeing some things uh, just looking at uh, the Pelicans. You know, they're they're at a point where they're fighting for a playoff spot. You know, they started about 6-22. and 22. They're about three, three and a half games back of uh, the uh, the eighth playoff spot. Obviously, Memphis is banged up. And based on where things stand right now, you know, Portland's in the mix as well. But within the amongst those three teams, you know, New Orleans has a pretty favorable schedule. You know, they, this game was a back-to-back. They should have won the front half. But, you know, I'm going to dive into, you know, why they they kind of they're, they're going to run into some issues, in my opinion. And I know people look at percentage of wins and say, oh, well, you know, teams are playing aren't that good. But I'm just going to go into why as we go along. But looking at that side of things, you know, coming in, I was kind of intrigued to see how this team would play without J.J. Redick. And a lot of us know, you know, J.J. has put up numbers. He's a pretty much uh, he's going to finish top five in three point shooting in terms of makes. Uh, depending on how long he plays. Um, he's a guy that a lot of people look at as a one-dimensional scorer, but I feel like he does it in many ways. You know, he can shoot the ball, but his way he moves off the screens attracts a lot of attention, especially with a guy like Zion, and um, that opens things up for everybody. But obviously, I think in this game, they really missed out in terms of uh, having him uh, just because, you know, their bench, to me, is something I've been looking at. Um, they got a lot of young guys on that bench, a lot of unproven people, you know, guys like um, Josh Hart coming off the bench. He has been a little streaky, 
This game, he didn't really do much. It was one of six from the floor. Um, Melly has been a good, you know, he's about 28-year-old rookie. Uh, he's played overseas, Italian guy. You know, obviously, he's, he's probably played some quality basketball, but this just wasn't his night going one of nine, one of seven from three. He had the three that pretty much propelled them and got this game overtime. But, um, you know, I, I definitely – I'm concerned just looking at the bench because Frank Jackson was – he had 12 points, which obviously – He's not a guy that people know. He's a he's a good uh, guy to have on your bench. Um, young player. Obviously, he's a wing, so maybe it'll take some time for things to formulate for him. But just looking at him and looking at the rest of the bench, you know, he did have 12 points. But outside of that, they went 4 of 21 between Moore, uh, Josh Hart. Um, looking at, uh, sorry, looking at the rest of the bench, Jackson Hayes uh, and Melly. They went, you know, a combined 4 of 21. So that's not... That's not a good thing. Obviously, nine points. Looking at it, you have 21 bench points. You're probably like, okay, we're in a good spot. But just looking at how the the, the matchups played out, and, ter- and of course, being a back-to-back, um, you know, you need your bench, especially with a guy like Zion. I know people aren't trying to baby him in terms of, well, you know, they're hesitant in terms of playing him on back-to-backs. Now they, they look like they're going to. But at the same time, I definitely say that, you know, they definitely needed their bench, and they didn't show up. Um, Obviously, the stars were real good. The emergence of Lonzo Ball, you know, having 25 points, 11 rebounds, six assists, two steals. You know, he, he has shown improvement from three. You know, people watch his tapes, watch them in university, said, hey, this guy's a little questionable in terms of his three-point shooting. But he has fixed that hitch in his shot. He's put in countless time. So clearly that's something that, you know, he's put the time in and it's showing in his numbers. And obviously, Brandon Ingram was big. You know, 27 points, five rebounds, four assists. You know, he's an all-star for a reason. I know a lot of people look at this team and say Zion's an alpha dog, but we can't sleep on Ingram. He he was averaging about 27 points a game at one point, um, around 27, 28. Not sure what he's at now. He looks like he's still – he's been a pretty much sustained above 20, 22 points because, you know, he's a he's a guy who can score in many ways and he opens things up. And because of their, you know, the improvement of Lonzo and having other shooters and obviously playing small ball, for the most part, it allows for him to get a lot of, you know, one-on-one opportunities where there's not much rim protection just because teams have to respect their three-point shooting just because, you know, New Orleans has been a team that has shot well from three. Um, Obviously, a lot of that has to do with guys like Lonzo and J.J. Redick, you know, Drew Holiday. They have a number of guys who shoot a respectable percentage, but, you know, their specialist is out. But I thought in this game, because of a guy like Lonzo balling out, it definitely opened things up. And looking at Zion, had 21 points, six rebounds, three assists. Um, I thought he played okay. I know people are going to say, like, what are you talking about? Um, looking at the numbers. You know, he played pretty well but in terms of, like, looking at the stats. But I thought Dallas did a good job with him. I know the numbers, you know, shot 9-18 from the floor. But I kind of liked what I saw from Dallas defensively. I know that sounds weird, but I'm just going to go into why I thought that was a good thing. And then moving on to... Um, Dallas, you know, Perzing has been big, man. 34, 12, and 3, uh, five blocks. He's been balling, man. You guys uh, and a lot of people, if you watch the, sorry, if you listen to my first podcast, just kind of highlighting the West. To me, he is the X factor on this team. You know, shooting is up to 48% from the floor, 37% are from three, uh, sorry, percentage from three on uh, nearly five a game. Uh, sorry, 10 a game, excuse me. Um, He's, he has got his shot attempts up from 15 before the All-Star break to 20. 
just about 19.7. I round that up to 20, so that's five shot attempts. Um, averaging 27 points, 11 boards, three blocks in his last uh, six games. To me, it's a little we'll, – I'm going to watch that as the year goes on just because looking at that stretch, there's only one team in the past six games that, that they've played, and, uh, and they've played Miami. So that's the only team above 500. Uh, outside of that, there's a lot of teams kind of on the outskirts or pretty much – you know, fishing for a lottery pick. So it's just going to be intriguing to see how that plays out as the year goes on. Tim Hardaway Jr. was big, 18 points, four of nine from three, half shot of quality percentage. Luca was Luca, 30 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists, nine of 20 from the floor, uh, 45%. You know, four of 11 from three and eight of 13 from the line. That's something he has struggled with at times. I'm not sure if it's a mental thing. Yeah, it looked like he was grabbing at his left hand during the game. So I'm not sure what the issue is, but he's obviously a good shooter. And you can tell he's obviously annoyed with his uh, percentages as, you know, Doris kind of highlighted it during the game. And the bench was big, especially Seth Curry's been balling, man. He's him. He's a Curry. You know, those that I know people look at Steph and say, oh, well, Steph is the ultimate guy in terms of like what he's done for the game. But, you know, those of us that know the Curry family, you know, Dell was prolific shooter back in his heyday. Obviously the league was different, but he had a pull-up jump shot. Obviously these guys worked at it, probably inherited a lot of the things that he did. But at the same time, you know, you got to respect uh, Seth. Go six of nine from the line, sorry, from three. Uh, so that definitely, that gives Luca a lot of driving angle, especially because they play five out. You have to respect the shooting. And then Darrell Wright, you know, with Jalen Brunson out, he ha he has stepped up. You know, he had a he had a goose egg the game before this, but he came out 10 points, three rebounds, five assists, three or four from three, two steals. And the shooting has been good for him this year. I know he has struggled at times, but you know, it gives him a good change of pace. He gives him some defense, gives him a some length. You know, he, he plays uh taller than he is because of his wingspan. And, you know, he has worked a lot on his game. Uh, obviously, people in Toronto do miss him at times, but you see why he was very highly coveted by the organization. And obviously they got a, a cornerstone to their defense in Marcus Saul by trading him away. And obviously he's doing well in Dallas, but moving on to the game itself. I, I did like what I saw from Dallas. Um, to me, the biggest thing, I, the, the reason why I talk about Przingis, I know Luca is going to be Luca, but in order for this team to potentially win a series, depending on obviously how, ready their benches. I think that's a concern as well, but in terms of playing against quality teams, but looking at the numbers for Przingis, you know, excuse me, you know, I, I said he had five blocks, 34 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, but he took 28 shots, which shows he was aggressive, but he only had, I mean, not only, it's obviously a high amount of shots, but he had nine three-point three attempts. I thought you know, Dallas did a good job. They did a lot of pick and roll, but if you watch the tape, a lot of the times they would go drag screen, so they'd send the, the screen to the middle, but they leave an empty corner. So obviously, as I've said before, if you turn that corner, you know, you're pretty much playing uh, two-on-one depending on how New Orleans is defending and because of their lack of size. You know, Favors is a, a big guy, but the thing is he when he's the only guy really blocking shots and Zion's guarding um, guys on the perimeter, and also he he does have room to rooms to you know he has room to make up for in terms of defense. He has made uh missed a lot of time. But you know, I thought the use of the alley oop and obviously the empty uh strong side corner helped open things up for him. 
Um, I thought, um, you know, just, just looking at Dallas as well, Kleba did, did do a good job. I know I said, you know, 9 of 18. Um, you look at that and you're like, okay, from in terms of Zion, of course, because he was guarding him. But I look at it, I thought he was playing good position defense. Obviously, Zion's a force, but at times you did see him struggle with length. And, of course, as I've complimented him with going quick, I think sometimes it is to a disadvantage just because, especially if a guy is a lot taller than you, has the length in terms of wingspan, it it makes things tougher, especially if, you know, he's not going to take that jump shot. Obviously, that's a another part of his game he's going to work on. I know he's going to work on. He seems like a guy that wants to get better. So I think Dallas did a good job in terms of gapping him. I think um, that's another part of his game that, you know, not even – he doesn't have to hit it, but at least doing the face-up jumper, you know – Two out of three B attacks the rim, but every once in a while he should maybe shoot that mid-range jump shot. I know he has a little awkward touch in terms of the way the ball comes out of his hands, but I think mixing it up every once in a while, he doesn't have to shoot. I'm not saying to shoot, you know, 10 threes a game or whatever the case is or shoot a bunch of jump shots, but mix it in every now and then. I thought because of that, you know, Dallas, it played into their hands. I know he was going through Kleba on a couple of plays, but Kleba looking at the box score. He did have five blocks, and he had a few of them on Zion. I know outside of that, he didn't really give Dallas much. You know, two away from the floor, 5.7 rebounds. But because he's a tall guy and because he was able to, you know, belly up once Zion uh, was going up through his uh, nostrils in terms of uh, the way he, he jumps, man, you know, it's hard to defend. But at the same time, if you have length, we saw that with Milwaukee and saw it at times with the Lakers. Uh, depending on obviously, you know, Kuzma, as I've said, he is, he does have long arms, but, uh, you know, I don't, I just feel like he doesn't use it to his advantage at times, but I thought Kleba was big in terms of defensively, you know, Seth Curry, obviously, as I mentioned before, six of nine from three, he has been balling, man. Um, the shooting splits show that he's a guy that, you know, you can't leave him open. So I think that having him on the floor definitely opens things up especially because Luka loves to drive and kick. You know, he kind of does a lot of things LeBron does, you know, Harden when he gets downhill. You know, he he likes to throw a lot of lobs, a lot of pocket passes, does have the in-between game, but having that complimentary piece in terms of the perimeter spacing, and, you know, Curry, you, you can't sleep on that. And obviously Hardaway Jr. as well, you know, didn't really shoot well from the floor outside of, you know, three-point line, you know, went um, five of 15, but he went four of nine from three. You know, that's 44%. That's well above average. And he has been shooting the lights out since, you know, he's worked with Rick Carlisle um, as well. I thought DeLon Wright did a good job, you know, kind of giving Luca some minutes. And obviously this game went to overtime and Dorian Finney-Smith Finney going down. They needed somebody to step up and he did that. But looking at the flip side, I thought, you know, Ingram, man, this guy is hard to guard. You know, he's a tall guy. A lot of people compared to the KD. You do see some similarities in their games. Obviously, he hasn't reached his max potential yet, so who knows? Maybe he could be that type of player one day. Obviously, KD's probably, you know, the hardest player to guard in NBA history in terms of being a seven-footer who can shoot. Ingram has, you know, he's not as tall, but he does have the wingspan to shoot at a high a high point. Uh, so that's kind of hard to contest a shot. He shot 50%. You know, Lonzo Ball, man, I thought he did a good job on Luka. I know that doesn't say a lot in terms of numbers, obviously, but guys like him and Holiday. Their ability to switch screens helps, but at the same time, I'm just going to go on uh, in terms of like why that's a bit of a disadvantage. But um, 
you know, looking at him and uh, Holiday, I thought they they made Luca work. Obviously, Luca does a good job. It's hard to speed him up. He's not really fast, but he slows down quicker than a lot of people. You know, you may look at that as like, what do you mean he's slow, but he slows down quicker? You know, looking at you know the measurables at the draft, a guy like Harden and him were very comparable, just because you look at their body of work and you say, well, he's not LeBron fast, but at the same time, because he's able to put the brakes on so quick and you're. You're moving laterally. He does a good job of getting you off uh, your spots and uh, shifting you. And by the time you contest, it's too late or he's using the hezzy to get to the rim. So I thought, you know, despite that, I thought, you know, the the emergence of Alonzo Ball, we've seen a guy that has worked on a shot. He did hit seven threes, as I said before. And, you know, it's kind of unfortunate to see in terms of if you're a Laker fan, you're probably like, wow, like we traded these guys. But I think it was for the best. Obviously, the situation with his uh, dad maybe played a role in terms of the way he um, played in LA. But I think New Orleans does have a, does have a lot of, you know, a lot of high hopes. And I think they have ways to go, but at the same time, you know, if you've got to be real optimistic, obviously with a guy like Redick being out, we did see that play a role. And I, I have mentioned before, uh, you know, I'd like to see how this plays out over the couple of weeks that they have of games, just because, you know, looking at that bench, man, I'm just unsure where the production is going to come from. You know, there's no proven guys. You know, Hart has been a guy that has shown glimpses of what he could be. But at the same time, he's a little too small to guard some wings. So that does offer some problems. So I like to see, obviously, with time's on, we'll get reps defensively. But I'd like to see, you know, how New Orleans fares, especially with the stretch they're going to have without Redick. And obviously with the Mavericks, um, as I said before, the emergence of Perzingis has played a role. This is going to be a team, you know, both these teams will be around for a while, but obviously in Dallas's case, they pretty much have a playoff spot locked up, depending on, obviously, you never know what could happen. But, you know, I think just looking at these two teams, these are two teams we're going to see for a while. If everybody stays healthy, everybody works on their games. And let me know what you guys think, guys. Uh, you know, this is a nationally televised game, you know, lived up to the hype and more. So let me know what you guys think. Appreciate all the love once again. Take care, y'all. That's all, folks.